You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This is a story I was born to write my book about. Open the journal in my mind to try to get it down. I saw a figure through the people couldn't over me. A light surrounded him that's dead into infinity. I passed the speaker in the peak I buried in my head. He whispered something, but I couldn't hear what he said. All the burnout boys in the glow stick chips. They fill my head and try to get their fix. But then we touch and I get a head rush. Hey guys, this is Liz Reed coming to you from Podcast Detroit. We are so stoked today. I am Liz Reed of Liz Life Guru. This is my good buddy, Julie Hayes, is going to be my co-host and helping me with the show. And we'd like to give a large shout out to Head Rush by our good friend, Rocky Wallace. And also, we were referred here through uh, Jackie Wallace, her mother, and The Nooner Show, where I did my first podcast mm-hmm. with Julie. Wasn't that awesome? That was a blast. <laughs> it was. It was a really good time. Um, that song, Head Rush, is off of her new CD, Love Like Destruction. So... We are here today uh, to continue talking about all the good things that go on with mental illness, mental health, how to resolve these issues, how to help you find easy ways to construct a new life for yourself, and um, to, I don't know, kind of make some sense out of all of it. What do you say, Julie? That sounds pretty good, right? Yeah, we, get, we have a lot to talk about. We do. Definitely. We have a whole lot to talk about today. I want to give a quick disclaimer today. The information in the podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to replace treatment or diagnosis by a qualified <laughs> mental health professional. I will tell you this. I'm a licensed LMSW, which is a licensed master's in social work. I'm a psychotherapist. I have worked... Um, in behavioral health units, which is AKA the psych ward, <laughs> as well as community <laughs> mental health. Um, I've worked with private psychiatrists. I now have my own private practice in Lapeer County, where I met Julie, who is a former patient and now a very good friend and my co-host, as I mentioned. And we're here to just kind of give you a rundown on the things that you may not know about mental health and would need more information on. Right currently, we're not going to be doing the show live, right, Jules? Right. Until uh, <laughs> we can take in phone calls and work through the bumps and the bounces through here. Additionally to all of this, Julie and I are both really good cooks. So we thought at the end of the show, we'd uh, share a recipe with you on our Facebook account. That'll be on there, Liz Life Guru. By the way, Julie has done all the graphics for this here at the podcast and on Facebook. Additionally, we have an Instagram account as well, Liz Life Guru. And the little tidbits of information and helpful notes to help you feel a little bit better in your day. And um, I don't know, just a lot of useful information. Um Like I've said before, when I was uh, talking last time when we were here, a lot of people have a stigma about mental health, and they are frightened to get help, and they think that it's all serious, that there's no laughing, there's no joking, it's just kind of constant negativity, and people feel uh, kind of frightened to go and see someone and talk to them. And so we're trying to, I don't know, kind of take the stigma out of that and let you know you're not alone and help you. Now, Julie and I have both been through separate types of mental health issues. Julie stems from uh, depression, correct, Julie? Right. Um, basically, in 2017, um, I, w- I had debilitating depression 
so um, counseling or therapy really helped me out a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm I, I'm I'm snickering because I'm thinking debilitating depression. That is just an understatement, right? I have anxiety disorder. Uh, that's where my whole uh, a whole life trend and life changing. Uh, uh, span that I've gone through over the last 10 years came through. And, you know, we kind of, you know, poo-poo it and think that we can talk our way through this. We can figure this out. We can do this without the help of others. This is something we can handle within the family. When, in fact, a lot of times, by the time we finally get help, it's gotten to a crisis level. And I think we both agree with that, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I went through about nine months of... um, therapy and uh, it helped me immensely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really able to air out a lot of issues that um, really my family wasn't um, capable of dealing with. They just didn't know quite what to say or how to help. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, you know, not that every trained professional knows every single thing to say, but for the most right. part, they have the empathy and they're also an outsider not related to the family. Often we'll hear um, people will say, uh, you know, um, if, it, if it's a family member and they mean well, mm-hmm. but it's like, Julie, come on, you know, you've always been this way. There's not, you know, you have a good life. There's no reason why you should be oh, depressed. Right, right, right. That equation. Okay. Good life. Um, mm-hmm. you know, great family equals happy. Yep. Oh, yep. Not, that is not always. And then, you know, then there's the shame like, oh my gosh, why don't I feel good? Everyone's telling me I should. Yeah. <laughs> Which yep. basically just compounds it, right? Yeah. It makes it worse. Yeah. So yep. it's kind of in, in therapy, I felt like there was some acknowledgement like, hey, you know, I understand you feel this way. You know, let's work through this. Absolutely. You know? And that's where an unbiased um, mm-hmm. person that comes into the situation. So when I meet with a patient, when I see a patient, I am always, um, I'm, I, you're not my friend. Well, you are now. <laughs> so let's, we let's bro- okay, we wait broke that. the rules. <laughs> we broke the dun, rules dun, dun. On, uh, on that one, but um, don't tell. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm not a friend. I'm just somebody here who has an unbiased opinion, who understands where you're coming from, and can maybe offer some insight into why you feel the way you do. Right, right, right definitely. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, so in my family, the history in my family, uh, anxiety and depression are sisters to each other. So. Um, my father was killed at a very young age. There was a lot of trauma when I was a child. And all of these things kind of led up to just a basic hardwire for anxiety and depression in my family. So for me, it manifested in, in anxiety and in two of my other brothers, other two family members and my mother, it manifested in depression. So when I had, I was fine until, well, I was always an anxious kid, but I was fine until I was about 19 years old and I had a um, panic attack whale watching in California. Now that was <laughs> That's fun. different. Yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know Wait what minute, was I going that, on. <laughs> I thought that was supposed to be a Zen experience. Mm. Absolutely. Totally. And you know what? I meditate to whales now right? too. Yeah. But at the time, that's not what was going oh, on. Funny. I was just totally well, not freaking funny, out. But... Yeah. Well, yeah. At the time. But so God love my mother. Good woman she was, you know, she, this was back in the seven or late seventies, early eighties, probably 80, 80. Um, my mom said to me, have a drink, you'll feel better. And she was right. Oh gosh. And so she was right. I was in the restaurant business. I was a chef for 30 years. And, um, so that led to 
many, many years of self-medicating, which is the other component to this podcast that I forgot to mention in here, and I don't know how, but um, I have a long, long history of uh, treatment with addiction. I've been in recovery myself from alcohol and drugs for the last... 16 years, it'll be 17 years in August. Good for me, wow. right on. Gold star. Uh-huh. It's, yeah. it's, it's been a good thing for me, not for everybody, but for me, it worked very well. And so, um, I've worked with a lot of addiction. I understand addiction very well. I did a lot of family, um, uh, therapy. I did a lot of help with the patients that would come into the facility, residential facility to talk to their children. So, you know, it's weird how somehow, your addiction will manifest into something as a Band-Aid. Um, now, for you, though, it, through your depression, I hear this also with people that are depressed. They don't think about um, drinking or doing or, or taking any kind of drugs. But then there's other people that do. How did that manifest for you? Did you think about anything, any kind of relief? Well, I, I did. But I just realized that... Okay, so say I sit down and drink some vodka, which is my favorite drink. Sure. Um, and then after that wears off, oh gosh, it's just going to be right there staring me in the face. You yeah. Know, I just knew I was delaying it. And, and plus, fortunately, I, I don't have an addictive personality or really mm-hmm. a background. And, and really, I am very thankful for that because I can't imagine dealing with addiction and depression. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dealing sure. with debilitating depression. Well, obviously it was debilitating. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's one of the clarifications that we need to make right here. A lot of people really don't know what depression is. And so like, if we're, if we're looking at NAMI, which is, uh, um, the organization for mental health, um, they would suggest that a mental health disorder characterized by persistently depressed mood or loss of interest in activities causing significant impairment in daily life. Now, I would say that's an understatement. Would you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's interesting, you know, it, for me, it wasn't always the sadness. It was just truly the lack of interest. Yes. You know, I... I just felt like I was looking in on my own life. I mean, honestly, it was a little surreal. I never knew a person could feel like this. And then I became traumatized. Like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know this was possible to feel like this. What the heck? Sure. And, um, you know, for for me, the the thing that really threw me was that it was so constant. Like, okay, say you break your leg. Yeah. Okay, you can sit yeah. down. Yeah, you're in pain. Oh, it's miserable. You know, I can't move around. But gosh, I'm going to sit here and watch this funny movie and I'm going to laugh. Well, for uh-huh. some reason, when I was depressed, it was like body, mind, soul, yep. spirit, <laughs> you know, the whole yep. thing, like totally immersive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I didn't really realize that that could happen. Yeah. Um, well, if you've never, you know, and a lot of times depression will come or anxiety or what out of nowhere, out of left field. Yeah. Um, or it can be cumulative, right? And, yes, and, and when yeah. it hits you like that, I, I mean, I've had patients that have come in and have said, first, the first thing is, is you lose your luster for life. Mm-hmm. You lose all of the things that made you happy, watching a movie, gardening, graphic design, whatever right. you did, artwork, whatever. None of that is any fun any longer. You have absolutely no interest. I've had patients tell me that getting out of bed, it felt like their legs weighed 350 pounds each just to walk, Mm -hmm. just to get from point A to point B was a task. 
And so when you're feeling like that and there's no end in sight, as you've mentioned to me before, right. um, at least if you have a broken leg, you know you have six weeks to heal or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But depression, there is no end game. You're not real clear on when that is going to end. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That is one difficult thing. You know, a doctor can basically say, hey, this is expected to heal in six to eight weeks. And oh, hey, you might have a few setbacks. But, you know, mm-hmm. with depression, um, wow, there just really is no strict timeline and plus it's not a even uh a guarantee yeah that it will that it will (laughs) and and will you get your life back right you know um with anxiety is very similar in the way that anxiety is something once you have your first panic attack they keep coming i mean you can try medications Mm -hmm. depending on where you get your anxiety from different parts of the brain some people have anxiety they'll have they won't have panic attacks, just have a general state of anxiety, which is what I have. I'll have panic attacks here and there. But it's something that I've been working on since I was 19. I'm 57 now. Wow. You know, um, my meditation and yoga has been truly incredibly helpful for me. And giving up booze was really helpful. <laughs> I mean, even though you think that it's helping, it's not. Right. It's just exacerbating the situation because it breaks down to sugar, you know, and, and you're constantly in a state of uh, a hangover, some kind of habitual hangover. And... Sure, you're like I just want to feel normal. Yeah. I just want to feel normal. Right? Like, what is normal? Yeah, anymore? whatever normal is. Good. Whatever yeah, normal is. But I know you struggled with figuring out. Mm. You know, when will you feel normal again? Right. Right. Well, I kind of did have a normal. You know, I I did have a reference. Fortunately, I'm really lucky that. Um, you know, I knew what wellness felt like. There was, you know, a lot of my life where I felt very content. You know, life's <laughs> it's bumps, you know, in the road. But in general, I was very happy. So fortunately, I had some sort of reference to say, "Hey, you know, I I know what that used to feel like. Can I, you know, can I get there?" Yeah. So mm-hmm. y- yeah, and you have to fight for it. You have to fight right. for it. And this is one of the things that I go through with patients also. And, and also, we want you to know that as this show goes on, we're going to be talking about all kinds of different things, sexual trauma. We hope to get some guests that um, are willing to discuss. They'll be anonymous. Um, the things that they've been through throughout their lives. Um, uh, there's a, a million different topics that we can go over. Borderline personality disorder, schizophrenia, bipolar. Um, I've dealt with any one of those. And um, there is truly recovery after that. And a lot of people don't think that there is. And But one of the things is, is when you've been through something like this, and um, it's been extremely debilitating, and you have been very fearful, and you do think that it's going to keep coming back. <laughs> Right. Oh, there was. Do you remember? Yes. <laughs> I won't hash out all of our, you know, therapy sessions. Sure, here. of course. But not. oh my gosh, it was a strange thing because I started to feel better. But <laughs> that was followed by, oh my gosh, is this temporary? Is this going to last? Is the depression going to come back? I had this glimmer of hope, like, oh my gosh, this feels great. But wait, what if at the end of the day I I feel terrible? Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, mm-hmm. that was a tough thing to deal with the fear. But um, for me, it was just, um, you know, not focusing on it. And yeah. not also, um, I remember I had one major trigger in that I watched a movie that, whoa, just <laughs> triggered me completely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And triggers so, are a big component. Right. And so I, what we talked about was, number one, kind of letting it pass. Yeah. Kind of accepting, okay, hey, here it is. Okay, I'm feeling this. 
letting it pass and not turning it into this monster, right? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> that yeah. has a lot of control over you, mm-hmm. but still acknowledging it, you know? Yep, Ab- absolutely. And so a lot of um, uh, other patients that I see all the time, and this is the point I was going to bring up also, is um, I have patients that suffer from severe pain mm. that I've been taking narcotics for pain, you know, the opioids to help with pain, which that is a dead end and, a, and an abyss. That leads to a huge amount of depression also. And the more opiates you take, the more opiate receptors you produce. So this makes you need and want oh, more. And wow. then the withdrawal is so horrendous, the dreaded dope sickness that nobody wants to ever get off their pills, God forbid, right? So what happens is, is when somebody is feeling that bad, having that much pain, and they keep uh, taking the pills and keep feeling focused that they're not going to get any better, and or if depression is the same way, if I'm this depressed and it gets worse, and there's all different variations of depression. There's anxiety mixed with depression. There's psychosis mixed with depression. There's a bazillion different things that go together with depression. But we're just going to go with like a general mm-hmm. major depressive disorder right now, which is what you were suffering from. Right. And But what comes from that is like you and I have discussed before, suicidal ideation. <laughs> and this is what I saw in the behavioral unit all the time. People would come in there. It's a lockdown unit. And they had either attempted suicide, were thinking about suicide actively and had a plan and just wanted to end the suffering. So there is another huge stigma that goes around depression. And that is that if you are suicidal, you're a selfish person. Right. You don't care about anybody. What about your children? How could you do Mm. this to us? You know, you're just so selfish, yada, yada. And I have lost, unfortunately, too many friends. Um, I really haven't lost any patients to it, but friends that dealt with it. My nurse practitioner at one of my jobs that I worked with every day with two small children committed suicide due to her depression. Yeah. And and th- it couldn't be further from the truth because suicidal ideation from depression um, is to end this horrendous suffering right, that right. you have. And what I experienced... And- I have felt that way. You know, I'll be transparent. Yeah, I mean, sure. let's just <laughs> tell That's it That's why how we're it here. Is, we're you know? telling it like it is. Um, this depression made me, you know, feel helpless, which led to me feeling hopeless. And, yep. and what happened, it was this extremely distorted thinking. Yeah. Which yep, I yep. don't think people realize, you know. Yep. Um, and, and also what happened to me is, wow, you know, I'm a mother. I, I, Adore my family. My yeah, whole sure. existence revolves around my family. But you know, gosh, I'm ready to check out because I can't bear another minute of this. And then you have the shame, like, oh, gosh, they need me. What kind of person am I? And I'm Absolutely. just not there for them. So, gosh, it's this whole cycle. It is, and, and it's, it's a vicious really hard cycle. to break. It is, it is. And um, I think the <clears throat> me- the uh, movie you're referring to was The Hours. Oh. Which is one hour after another. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, I know. We won't. But how to get through yet another hour of the day. And when Mm -hmm. your life is that difficult and that distorted Mm -hmm. from your way of thinking, the worst things get, right? So distorted thinking is something you and I have talked about before. Right. And so what makes this distorted thinking worse is isolation. Yes. Because your perspective even becomes more and more tunnel vision. Me, 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 me. Yep. Um, so if you can somehow, you know, get yourself out of your, your, your bed, first of all, yes. get yourself out of your own dark thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying magically you're going to feel better. No. You know, nope. but maybe there'll just be a little flicker of hope mm-hmm. and, um, 
you know, my husband would say, God bless him. You know, he would say, you know what? It didn't happen today because that was my thing. I was like, I didn't feel better today. So why would I possibly feel better tomorrow? It's been six months. It's been eight yeah, months. You yeah. Know? He said, it didn't happen today. And you know, what? it's probably not going to happen tomorrow. It might not happen for six months, mm-hmm. but it will happen. And honest to God, that saved my life. Sure. And he would sure. just look me directly in the eyes. He didn't pressure me for some timeline. He yeah. didn't say you should feel mm-hmm. this way or, you know, a certain way. Yeah. And I tell you, that's, that saved my life. Yes, without a doubt. Sometimes, and I know your husband, he's an engineer. Yeah. And he's a man of few words. He's not going well, to... Well, sometimes. I, so, yes. I don't know about that, Liz. <laughs> well, I say that about my Maybe husband you, all the time. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, until he gets you alone, right? I know. That's the way my husband is, too. Uh, he's a great guy. I'm like, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I love him uh, 21 years later. But no, seriously, um, it's those little things that somebody will say to you that are your light bulb moments. So mm-hmm. isolation, this is a great example, a good thing for you to bring up. One of the things we want to do when we're severely depressed is isolate. Mm-hmm. I'm taking to my bed. I'm going to, my mother used to do this. I'm taking to my bed. She would actually say she would go lay down. She wouldn't come out of her room. She would want to be alone. The more you do that, the more the ruminating thoughts start to invade the brain. And this is where small little suicidal ideation thoughts come in. You know what? Maybe it'd just be better if I wasn't mm-hmm. here anymore. You know what? You know, that's not a half bad idea. You know, really, everybody would be better off without me if I wasn't here. You know what? I think I can do this. How can I do that? And then the planning starts. And then before you know, this very small passing thought that you think, oh, that's crazy, turns into a full-blown plan with an attempt. Right. And I've seen it over and over again. And I have met with people on the unit that have come out of a suicide attempt that have said, we're mad, pissed. Why am I awake? I don't want to be alive anymore. And that's a long way to get them back to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, my thinking got so distorted that I was actually angry. I'm like, are you guys not on board with this? You don't understand. I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. You know, and I've lived the majority of my life as a very stable person. Sure. Yep. It's out of your character. So I tell you. I mean, not like I've been a judgmental person in general, but I tell you, I don't judge anyone. No. You Mm -mm. just don't, you don't know what's going to come your way. No. And you don't know what people have been through. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they've done or where they've been. And and another thing, you know, Julie, like you and I were talking about isolation um, and distorted thinking. And one of the problems I've found with patients that um, I've had is if they have the ability to be isolated or not uh, um, stay home. Uh, okay, so I'll see this with with uh, women whose husbands, older women, or and younger women, but and men that if they have the ability to stay home and don't have to go to work, don't have any obligation, don't have any, their kids are grown and they can just really give in to all their thoughts and feelings. They don't have to go to lunch. They don't have to get their hair done. They don't have to get in the shower. That's really a one way ticket to mm-hmm. a serious major depressive disorder with possibly Ag- suicidal ideation. Agreed. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's really helpful you to for you to be accountable for something. Yes. Like, you know, I did have a depressive episode back in 2012. Yes. Version, you know, 1.0. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it was different in that I was still really accountable for a lot of things. You yeah. Know, my kids yep. were at home. Um, I was working, you know, whereas this time... Um, 
you know, my kids grew up. How mm-hmm. dare they? Yes. <laughs> they grew up and left lives. me. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, we joke about the emptiness syndrome, but mm-hmm. ha, it's oh very my goodness. Real. Hey, that's a real thing, by the way. Ha, ha, ha. It sure I is. I didn't see that coming. Yep. You know, so, yep. um, yes, I, I agree. <laughs> it helps yeah. to be accountable for something and, and have a purpose. Cause I tell you, I would wake up and, uh, silent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I never knew silence could ring in your ears. It's deafening. Hello. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. That was, absolutely. Uh, that was a little rough. And also without detail here, um, I closed my business for a while and mm-hmm. uh, yep. wasn't getting the calls and emails. So, yep. wow. Yep. Okay. So back to filling the hours. How yep. in the heck am I going to fill these hours? Absolutely. And that's the funneled spiral. Yeah. You know, and there comes down. the distorted thinking, the right. rumination, the what's it all about Alfie moments, as I call them. Yeah. And, um, and it's mm-hmm. just totally counterproductive to getting better. Mm-hmm. And so when I do have patients who come in who wish that I had a bag of fairy dust sitting there, which I don't, I wish to God I did. <laughs> I know it's a big drag, but, um, the first thing I say is you've got to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. You've got to take a shower. You've got to throw some makeup on. I don't care. You've got to exercise. That is one of your key things. You've got to get the blood going. You've got to get the serotonin going. Yeah. You know, you have to start feeling, get your endorphins going. You have to start feeling better. But that's only going to come through action, moving. Right, right. Yes. Well, here's what gets me is, you know, we don't think twice about going to the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, three times a week. We don't think twice about that. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I think we tend to take our mental health for granted. And like you were saying, yes. until you hit crisis mode. Yep. And then we don't know what the heck to do. Yes. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So I know. And, and people a lot of times will get mad at me when they come in. They don't want to hear that I'm telling them you have to do these things. You, mm-hmm. you, I will do my best to help in every way. I am here for you to talk to. I'm here to help you sort out what's going on, whether this is situational or this is um, biological, which if this is, uh, you know, has a genesis from a biology that carries on through your, ha- through your family, right? If you're hardwired to be mm-hmm. severely depressed, then this is when you need medication. And like I've mentioned in the last podcast, I'm not a big proponent. Uh, I don't push it. But there are people who genuinely need medication. I myself, for my anxiety disorder, I have general anxiety disorder, I am on a medication regimen. If I didn't have it, I don't think I'd want to be on planet Earth any longer. Mm-hmm. And and I I I it's just life would not be worth living feeling that way. Nobody wants to feel that way. I don't feel uh when I you know, I feel normal. I feel as normal as you right. can feel. I feel stable. And that's the way you should feel. But I also work out all the time. I watch what I eat. I take care of myself. So it's super important. And there's a lot of people who do not just do not produce enough serotonin. And that's where our selective serotonin uptake inhibitors are very important for our patients. It stops it. So you produce the serotonin, but it won't allow it to go back up into the synapses, Mm -hmm. which is super important, right? Right, right. And that is very helpful for people that are missing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our brain is made up of chemicals, all kinds of different chemicals. Chemicals change as, oh, you were mentioning that one doctor. Hormones have everything to do with the chemicals oh. in your brain, <laughs> everything to yes, do with the chemicals yes. in your brain. And if you're going through menopause, <clears throat> if your life is changing as you age, all of these things contribute 
to how your brain is manifesting the chemicals within your brain, which are called your neurotransmitters. So if you're lacked in one, you're collecting from another. Another thing is if you're hardwired like I am with a high adrenaline and anxiety, my foot is always on the gas. It's never on the brake, which is more of your GABA. So I don't produce enough GABA. Hmm. So I take a supplement for GABA to help neutralize that and balance it out. You have to figure out what works yeah. for you, right? See, I'm learning things here. Absolutely. That's what this is all okay. about, the science behind I all this as well. That. See, I'm not as well-versed in anxiety <laughs> as I'm yes. depression. Yeah, anxiety is a fun one. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't so, wish yeah, it on my worst yeah. enemy. <laughs> Depression's really fun too, Liz. <laughs> I a, know, we can banter over which is worse, And the right? funny thing is, here we are depressed and anxious, and we have a lot of fun. Damn it, we're what sitting here heck? doing a podcast right? and laughing. Well, that's a good point. Yes, okay? absolutely. I, let me tell you, I've been to rock bottom. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I have camped out at rock bottom. <laughs> I've had my mail forwarded it's, to rock bottom. Yep. I've been to rock bottom. Yep. But here I am, not drooling on a pillow. Nope. And I'm doing a podcast. Absolutely. And I'm actually doing a little bit of work right now. Yeah. And, uh, well, yep. I don't want to promote too much of my stuff. No, but. you should, because you know what? That's what it's all about, yeah. honey. That's what it's right. all about. Well, here's the here was the shift for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember this particularly one particular day. I was convinced that I could not have depression and live my life. It was a black and white, either or situation. I totally yes. wanted to annihilate, uh-huh. you know. And then I was like, huh, well, geez, I haven't been living my life for about nine months. Hmm, well, what do I like to do? Or what did I used to like to do? Okay, I like to do artwork. Okay, so I sat down and I did some artwork. Mm-hmm. Did I enjoy it at first? No. No. It was drudgery. Honestly, it was. Yeah. But I don't know. Something in my brain. I kept doing it. I posted a few things on Facebook. Oh, hey, that's really cool. Got some feedback. Yep. You know, hey, do you, you know, can you do something for me? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to buy this. Oh, well, sure. What the heck? Yeah. You know, and it's like it just... um just had this momentum to it. That's one thing that I've been really interested in, this whole concept of momentum. And I guess that's where you get the term um, spiraling, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I tell you, it's these tiny little decisions that you make that can either just lift you up a little bit out of your depression yeah. or it can just bring you back down. Like, mm-hmm. like you were talking about the isolation. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, also, I wasn't going out with friends. Yeah. I didn't want to go out to lunch because I'm a downer. I'm like Eeyore. But then, hey, yes. guess what? No one, you know, everyone was fine with Eeyore. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. You have to be proactive. So I just said, okay, heck, I'm going to go to lunch and I'm, hey, I might act depressed. I might not. Yep. You know, if they love and accept me, it'll be mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. And just even like just getting up and out, my brain was like, oh, hey, wait, this is what you used to do. Maybe you're not as bad off as you thought. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. it's just almost like convincing your brain like, hey, OK, you know, <laughs> let's get with it. Here. Exactly. And it's like reprogramming your brain. Well, it is. And and ooh, we could talk a lot about this. And sure. I'll throw a term out there, neuroplasticity. Yeah. That's the correct pronunciation. Yeah. Oh, it sure is. <laughs> which basically is that, you know, your brain can change and you can rewire your brain. Well, think about it. Physically, yep. you go and work out, your mm-hmm. muscles change, your lung yep. capacity change. And mm-hmm. this is what fascinates me, is that changes in your thoughts, activities, behaviors can actually change the structure of your brain absolutely at a cellular level get this i mean depression i mean this is kind of the sad scary part but we can turn it around Mm -hmm. that 
depression can actually shrink parts of your brain. Like, isn't it? Yes. That just, and being yes. an artist, like all this science, what I did is I finally started researching and researching, looking for answers. And oh my gosh, just to have these visuals really helped me. And I thought, well, if I'm ruminating, well, gosh, I'm just digging this deeper neural pathway and deeper and deeper. Yep. And I yep. have this visual. And I don't know, somehow it really helped me. It so. does. It does. Like that study you showed me about those um, people in Sardinia, Italy, mm. um, uh, that, oh, right, that age right, right. as long as they're, the rest of their, uh, as the females, the males and the females age equally. And it's due to their social interactions, which right. was the number one reason why that, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a cold, um, which goes back to um, another study that I saw many, many years ago, oh, this is very sad, I hate this wire monkey study, I don't know if oh, you ever saw God. it, about the nature versus nurture. No. They had a wire monkey with a little nipple on it and a baby monkey that um, attached to it, and but it didn't show love or affection, oh, and the God. baby monkey died. Oh, it's so upsetting for me because I love animals so much. But that tells you something super important about the how important it is that we have social interaction mm-hmm. and people that love us and give show us affection and interaction. Mm-hmm. And another thing that goes along with that is um, it takes approximately two minutes to distract yourself from an obsessive thought. So when you're ruminating, when you're mm-hmm. sitting there ruminating, or going, wringing your wrists, you know, why should I? Could I? Would I? Oh God! What? You know, maybe she said this. Maybe she thought that. They say it takes two minutes to get past that. You need to stand up, move around, mm-hmm. go somewhere, and start thinking about something else, like you're talking about. Even if you're doing artwork, you know, or doing um, anything or planting or something, even if it's something uh, that's boring you, that you're not interested in doing, at least you're doing something that is definitely moving you forward and helping you, right? right? Just keep moving. Just keep moving. Without a doubt. That's my mantra. Yeah. You know? super important. And, and you know, I mean... I'm past the, I would say, the worst of my depression, knock on wood here. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like I'm basically in this maintenance program. And and really, my therapy right now is, you know what, engaging in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's what I lost. You know, when I was depressed, I just felt like, wow, I can't engage in in anything, Mm -hmm. any conversation. Mm -hmm. I felt like they were just like it was going one ear and out the other, just talking through me. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was scary. Yeah, very scary. And, and one of the things that you have with that is that you have fear later that, oh my God, you know, is this going to come back? Because it blindsided me when it came the first time. Is it going to come back? Right. But for me, fortunately, I've had enough good days where I tend to think that, oh, I'm just going to continue to have more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, I had a recent challenge Mm -hmm. in that my, beloved dog died at 14 years and you know i've worked at home you know so she was velcroed to me Mm -hmm. she's that type of dog velcroed to me basically Mm -hmm. all day and i thought oh all right how are we going to deal with this is this gonna you know send you off the edge and Mm -hmm. you know i it was interesting because i felt obviously grief and sadness but it was an appropriate emotion of course it's appropriate, and it was like almost refreshing to be like oh hey i'm crying for a reason i'm crying because my beloved dog died not because of some vague like you know when i was depressed people would say well what are you sad about i would say um yeah i don't really know know. i mean i had some triggers that we we talked about in in therapy yeah um I would say twofold. I kind of had some uh, chronic yeah. things that I hadn't uh-huh. been dealing with, and mm-hmm. I had some triggers. So yep. 
But the thing of it is, is that that's an appropriate sadness. And so there's something mm-hmm. wrong with having a bad day and having a cry. It's when you're crying all the time over nothing. Right. You know, that's right. when there's something that needs to be addressed, that there's yeah. something truly wrong. There's something going on. Um, I think that uh, a lot of times we're not really clear what's going on. And if we talk to our family members about it, and not every family member, but if, for the most part, they're going to poo-poo. Um, you know, come on, Julie, you know, well, uh, but, you know, it's not a big deal. Right. But, you know, as far as animals go, um, the audience doesn't know this about me, but I have, I have currently <laughs> 10 cats and seven dogs. And, uh, I, like I was telling you the other day, those animals have saved my life over and over again. If it weren't for them on many occasions throughout my life, as I was going through my, uh, addiction, getting sober, um, and challenges I've had, just having them as a comfort mm-hmm. and loving me um, has been the greatest gift ever, right. ever. And every one of mine is some old mongrel nobody wanted. You know, that's why mm-hmm. I have 10 cats. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nobody wants a cat. I'm like, they can come live at my place. We had, That's right. why we bought a farm, right. you know, so that we could take care of them. No, we're not. It, just so everybody knows. No, I'm not looking for any more animals. <laughs> or I have enough. They show up at the door. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, again, and you're accountable. For yeah. something, yes, you know, you're exactly. For these animals, you know, for- and and God forbid if I'm upset or depressed. I know when my drinking was at its very worst. Before I went to detox, I ended up going to detox for four days. I did not go to rehab. I went to an outpatient deal, but I did go to detox because you can have a seizure and die. And I'd been drinking heavily at that point, and there was a lot of lot of. Uh, uh, distorted trauma going on. There was a lot of things going on in my life at that time that were very difficult, but I distinctly remember looking over at my beautiful dog, Buddy, Aww. who was a uh, Rhodesian Ridgeback and Mastiff. He was a wonderful dog. And I remember looking at him, and I was drinking, and he was so sad. Oh. And I could read his mind, and I knew how devastated he was, and I was like, I got to stop. I have to stop. Wow. I don't. It was a big moment for me. It really was one of those light bulb moments that Oprah talks about all the time. Right. And I was like, "It's this has got to end. It has to end. I have to quit being the perpetual victim." And you know, when I went into, um, I was at the uh, facility for detox, and I was there for like four days. And I remember sitting there and crying and crying mm. and crying and crying because everything had come to a head at that point. My whole life came to a head at that point. And I was in Arizona, away from my family. Everybody else was in Michigan. Uh, my mother and my sister, my mother was alive at that point, God love her soul. And um, my sister, Fran, who I'm very deeply connected to, which I forgot to mention in the last <laughs> podcast, um, is, is she's always been a, an ongoing support for me, always. Um, I was calling them and talking to them. But um, I remember sitting there with the therapist and we were all talking in a group and I was saying, a, B, C, D, F, G, this happened, and that uh, happened, yes, and this right. happened, and I've been oh. through this, and I've been through that. And he turned to me, and he said, wow, you certainly are some kind of victim, aren't you? And I was like, oh, my God, how dare you? Right. How oh, dare yes. you say that to me? You know, I was so pissed. Yeah. I was so pissed. But you know what? He was right. Mm-hmm. He was right. Yeah. You, me, anybody, we can sit down and say, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, this is why my life sucks, you know? Right. And there's somebody to blame, and it's not my fault, and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It is up to me. It is up to you, Jules. You know what I mean? To create a life for yourself that's better, and that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here right now. That's why you're here right now. Right. I mean, you know, I want to make a T-shirt that says this. You Mm -hmm. know, you didn't choose your depression, Mm -hmm. but 
Mm-hmm. Every day you can choose to, like I said, it's that momentum thing. Just, just really, I know it sounds so cliche, one foot in front of the other. But yeah, it's it true though. Is because I have lived it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I did yeah. not want. You know, this is hard for me to say. Yeah, I did not want to exist. Yeah, on this earth. <laughs> yes, any longer. I was plotting my demise. Yeah, you know, you know that's that's. Wow. Spooky shit that's to talk really, about. really, really hard to say. Yep. But, you know, that's what this distorted thinking, yep. if it's just left to its own devices and you're in your dark room, boy, it can just spiral the heck out of control, like I was saying. And Absolutely. And it takes so, over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, I think, you know, you really, you have more influence over your mental health than you realize. That's Absolutely. what was so exciting yeah. to me when yeah. I started reading. And 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 what helped me too, and I think this is with anything that you want to learn or master, mm-hmm. is that I started um, looking up and reading about people who have, who made it to the other side. Yeah. You know, yep. what, how did they do it? Mm-hmm. And, and the coping techniques are not the same for everyone. No. Mm-mm, you know, mm-mm. they're not. No, I mean, artwork worked for me. Your animals worked for you. Just, sure, just finding sure. something. And um, and again, you know, having patience. Like when you, I keep referring back to this, but I just keep thinking about this. Like you know, when you go to the gym and you work out, mm-hmm. do you expect to come home and have muscles bulging out? No, no. Mm-hmm. So I think what happened, and kind of what happened with me, was like, okay, well, I did this technique. You know, I walked around for 20 minutes and, and got some sunlight. Yeah. And I don't feel any better. Yeah. But somehow it's it gets in your brain. You know, it's, yes. it's still a step in the right direction, even if you don't feel immediately relief. Exactly. And that's, again, exactly. one thing about depression is this whole like, oh, it's so constant. It takes so long to unravel. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what I had to learn was patience. Because you want to feel better immediately. Absolutely. You know, and I think, you know, with our society, we, in so many ways, we have immediate gratification. Oh, gosh. You That's know, our phones, like, oh, I want to think of the name of this movie. Well, you don't, you don't sit there for 10 minutes and think of it. You look it up. Yeah. You know, or anything, yep. just, you know, climate control. I'm in my uh, car and, you know, your side can be up five degrees from mine and, you know, every, you know, everything's yeah. just tuned in perfectly. And, you know, oh, I know. Goodness. I know. Yeah. It's all about convenience, but technology is yeah. about to take right. me down. Let me just point that out. Yeah. I, have. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how we don't have an accident with every button I'm trying to hit, trying to get down the road. Right. 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 I know. No, but that's very so, true. You know, it's very true. What I've come to realize is that, well, for me, yeah. Um, Gosh, it just took such a long time to unravel, mm-hmm. you know, partially sure. for me, I think it took such a long time to build. Also, but Julie, would you not add this though? Hmm. Maybe there isn't an answer. Do you know what I mean? We're constantly seeking like, what caused this? Oh. What was the answer? Why, why, why? There may not be an answer. And I agree with that. However, I think we we kind of came to the conclusion for me, it was a little more situational. Sure, yeah. sure. But you know what? But it can be cumulative. It True. Can be, it's, there may not be like, oh, there we go. Well, we've solved that. So everything's fine from here on. Right. No, it may not right. be that. Right. It may just be something, you know, that, that happened. And 
often, like you're talking about the slow channels that you go through to start feeling better. Um, I'll say this to patients will come in and say, am I doing better? Do you think I'm doing better? Mm. I don't know if I'm even doing any better. And I'll have, I'll refer back to my notes and say, do you remember when you came in what you said? Do you remember when you came in, you said or felt this way? You you had been sleeping how many hours? Mm. You were this, you were that. I know when I, and and now you're coming here, you drove yourself, you're eating well, you're going to the gym one day away. Yeah. Oh, let me add. Yeah. Let me add to this. Uh Oh, God love my family. Yeah. Um, And I do appreciate this, but it's interesting because, well, my husband basically wouldn't let me drive. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, uh, say I got an fender bender, I would just be like, you know, yeah, crazy. <laughs> a meltdown. <laughs> Anybody would, though. I don't know what other word to use other than crazy because uh, he was probably basing this on when there was like a flood of maybe like, uh, you know, quarter inch in our basement. And I absolutely completely <laughs> lost my marbles. And he looked at me. He's like, yeah, hey, you know what? You're not driving. But... <laughs> I think that made me feel even more like of a victim or helpless. Sure, and sure. it's funny because sometimes when I drive with him now, it's a tr- almost a trigger for me because, um, <laughs> you know, I drive on my own now, big girl. Absolutely. And I'll be sitting in the passenger seat sometimes when he's driving, you know, like, oh, have this flashback, you know. Absolutely. And I know they didn't mean that, you know, to, but it was almost like that enabling thing, like, oh, I'm going to enable you to be helpless and a victim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe for a while it was valid. Sure, <laughs> you sure. Know? Sure. You know, if they you thought maybe shaky. if there was a cliff around, like I would you know, drive off of it or, sure, you know, who sure. knows, Well, you know, there's such a thing as learned helplessness. And we will find this with children that are impaired or people that are having issues. Um, the family overcompensates and starts really gi- giving in to mm. whatever's wrong with you. And so then you just become this helpless victim that can't help themselves. Right. And often when they come into my offices and say, well, I can't drive, I, I can't do this, I can't do anything on my own. I'm, why? Why not? Have you lost your license? Are you feeling suicide na- suicidal at this point? Mm-hmm. Do you think you're going to run into it? Oh, God, no, 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 no. Right. You know, my family just think it's best. And my, I have one patient, his wife won't let him let the dog out. And I said, what? <laughs> I said, I think you're capable of letting the dog out. And if you'd like, I'll tell her. <laughs> well, that's different. <laughs> I know. I think you can handle it. I think that's okay, you know. But yeah. families just don't know how to handle it, and they really get really get upset and, and frightened for their family member, and they're trying to do everything possible to help them. You know, well, it is frightening. It is the whole situation you know, is frightening. You and I want to laugh through it because God forbid you don't. You need it. Well, and that's one thing. We're not laughing at it. No, nope. heck, I'm not. We're laughing with it, right? I'm not. <laughs> you know, laughing at my no. own pain or anyone else's pain but gosh sometimes it's nice to shed a little light oh on my it God. because yes you know i mean since my depression i have had times of just you know absolute fun and, sure. and with my daughter and just like Absolutely. where i literally doubled over laughing and just i've had you know so much so many great times since then and i think well, not to be so blunt, but my gosh, if I would have, okay, if I would have ended it, let's just word it that way. I don't yeah. know how else to word it. Sure. I would have missed out. On and a I whole mean, lot. And, and it's so hard when you're in that place of darkness just to think that 
someday I'm actually I'm going to be able to experience joy. Absolutely. You don't believe me. Yeah. You think they're lying. Of course you, you really. Do. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I honestly thought, okay, this is my life. I mean, mm-hmm. this is it. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to recover. How could mm-hmm. I possibly feel this bad and recover? Yeah. No. Yep. You are all lying to me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I really felt that way. Like, yeah. You know, it's over, people. Do you not realize this? Hello. This is it. You know, I would get mad. I'd walk around and say, you know, I'm not. Hello, guys. I'm not doing this anymore. You know, and I think I probably would have gotten angry if they'd be like, hey, someday you're going to be feeling all joyful. Yeah. But it's true. I mean, my God, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, doing a podcast. And yes. So, I mean, there There is humor. There humor is, heals. Absolutely. You know, humor absolutely. heals. Yep. When I worked on the unit, it was that way. I'd had, I'd do group therapy and I'd, everybody'd start, yeah. everybody come in looking horrible and distraught and I'd make them laugh and come on now, let's talk about this. Let's feel better. Right. right. And, and you know, sometimes you even have to force it. Like, some, mm-hmm. like even now, if I feel like, oh, I'm getting down, my God, I'll go, I'll listen to or watch uh, YouTube videos that are funny. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's a little forced, but what it does, it's like I keep thinking, okay, that's doing something to my brain positive, you know? Absolutely. At a cellular level, right? it is producing positive, happy cells. Yeah. People do not understand that. If you are producing negative cells, if you are thinking negative thoughts, you produce more negative thoughts. The more you give in to that, the more you produce more negative cells, more negative mm-hmm. cells, and it becomes comfortable. That that it becomes your way of life of who you are and how you think and feel. Well, but you can do the opposite as well true. with it, happy thoughts. You know, and the way your brain is wired, that can become your default mode. Yes. If if you think that way often enough, that is just how you're going to normally feel. Yep. Absolutely. And so we have to, and so for you and for me, we have to be cognizant of how we're doing. How am I doing that day? Some days I wake up and I am absolutely a mess. I've gotten a great night's sleep. Everything's going well in my world, but it just so happens anxiety decided to pop up first thing this morning. Thank you. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. I didn't need that. I have seven patients today. Right. I don't right. need that right now. And some of them are probably anxious. <laughs> and, oh, no. Absolutely. Right. How am I going to help them? Well, oh, the first thing I do is I run and I get on my spin bike mm-hmm. in the laundry room. I'm on that sucker like a maniac, you know, pedaling away, pedaling away for about 35, 40 minutes. And the minute I get off and get out of the shower, it's just taking me down six or seven notches. Right. Which right. is a wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful feeling. And yeah. I just, you know, nobody wants to hear the big E word, the exercise word. They really panic about that as being, you know, nerve wracking. And, you know, who's who wants to commit to that when I don't even feel like getting up off the couch or getting out of bed? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. They have a real issue with that. So, yeah. You know, um, I think I read one study. Don't quote me on this, but um, where uh, exercise has been shown to be as effective as um, antidepressants. Oh, yeah. Is oh, it, absolutely. I, oh, you're right. right. On that? Absolutely I mean, right. That is amazing. Absolutely right. But, you know, let's not take away from sometimes definitely we need a pharmaceutical intervention. Oh, sure. If not for life, but yeah. for a, at least some brief period of time to help the patient to feel better. And, you know, there's some things that you just can't get over, you know, that really takes some time. 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, I, you know, we've covered quite a bit today. We have a lot to cover going forward. I'm so excited to be doing this podcast. I can't thank everybody enough that has helped perpetuate this and get this going. Julie and I would love you to email us, private message us. It's all cloak and dagger. Don't worry. No names are ever used on any questions you might have, what you'd like to hear more about, what we can do for you. We'd love to give you more positive reinforcement. Let you know there's a hell of a lot more out there than just feeling down and depressed or anxious or whatever your problems may be. There's hope for everyone. Um, we're also going to have um, Julie made an excellent orzo pasta salad that is incredible. Um, the recipe and pictures of it will be up on our Facebook page. Will you do that later today? Sure, there, Jules? yes. So that's our other passion that we have yes, in common. Yes, is cooking. Right? Yes, And so absolutely. this is all part of my fun recovery. Uh-huh. <laughs> participating in life. I mean, really. Absolutely. I just, even for a while, I was like, okay, I'm going to force myself to look at recipes and, you know, because I wasn't cooking. I wasn't doing anything because I wasn't accountable for anyone, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I've gotten back into that and I've really been enjoying it. And that is a stepped forward for sure. I have a, do I get a gold star? Yes, you get a gold star. (laughs) Yeah. You know, one thing I, I wanted to talk about that, um, in, in therapy is, is that Liz sort of did this, this is a segue here, but Liz sort of did this tough love thing with me. And I wanted yes. to, to go back to that a little bit, you know? Yes. Um, in some sessions, you know, you'd kind of call me out on stuff. Wait a minute, wait a minute, say that again, <laughs> you know? So I just wanted to say, um, you know, how helpful the therapy was and really Thank that you. you've helped me get my voice back. Oh, honey. Yeah. Really cried. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I've, I won't mention names, but I've had other therapists, you yeah. know, when I really felt like I didn't make a whole lot of progress with, um, but with you, Liz, <laughs> feel the love. Aww, no, but I am you. serious. I think it was helpful in that, you know, again, getting me out of that victimhood and, and um, calling me out on stuff. Wait a minute. Say that again, you know. I'm glad. It's really helpful. For well, me. I am the uh, big mouth therapist that's going to tell you like it is because the you're there guru. for a reason, right? Liz Life Guru, the girl. Um, but what we do want you to know is remember, this too shall pass. Now I want you to go fight for your life. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day. Bye. to be crowned the best.